world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Hey, pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I'm looking down here on, on my notes today, and it looks like Guy, I forgot something, so I'm going to be fishing for that here. Hey, we're going to take communion. So those of you who are uh, uh, just tuning in or forgot about it being Friday already, this is show number, where the heck did I put that thing, man? I'm, this is show 19, 1,929. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I wonder how many of you have to think that you've been with us for at least 1,000. That's a lot of them, isn't it? See, I've been I've been with you for a thousand shows, Coach. I said, well, that's half of them. Think about that. Goodness gracious! I don't know what you guys thought. I thought yesterday was really, really profound. I thought it was really profound. And uh, crowns, all the lies they've told about us. Works don't matter. Can't work your way into heaven. All that stuff that you know we agree with. You can't work your way into heaven. Well, I agree with that. But all the lies they told us that works don't matter and just sit around it. Oh, my goodness. So thanks for joining us here today. And uh, for those of you who are just tuning in or able to tune in because we went live, live, man, there's a <clears throat> lot going on. And I'm going to talk about that this morning. It's like I look at my, you know, I always put a list of stuff together. And it's like, where is that stuff I put together? A couple of things I'm missing, but I'm going I'm to find it. And Joe's going to lead us in communion here. So, Joe, I'm going to turn it over to you, brother. And let's, uh, first of all, folks, let's remember this. The Bible says to examine yourself that you don't take of the bread unworthily, unworthily. And so it's important for us, as, as Joe leads us through here, that you do a little bit of personal meditation where, uh, as they say in the church today, where you fell short. No, it's not where you fell short. It's a sin, where you've sinned, uh, maybe even habitual sins. Confess them. Bible says that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. A continual cleansing if we need it. Hey, Lord, I need another bath. I need another bath, Lord. Hey, Lord, you got a shower. I need a shower. This has been on me the last day. I had such confusion in our house yesterday. I I rarely say that. It was bill-paying day yesterday, and I won't get into it. I'm not here complaining about my bills. Don't get it wrong. But the confusion confusion over, God, I can't tell you, I said, Michelle, I can't believe this. And, and she prayed over us and the spiritual, I guess what I'm, I guess what I'm harping at is the spiritual war is real. It's really, really real. And why, why were you born? Why, why were you born? God has a wonderful plan for your life. Really? What is that? What is that wonderful plan? Now he said, I know the plans that I have for you. But for somebody to tell you that God has a wonderful plan for your life, God may have a plan for your life, but that doesn't mean it's wonderful. And remember we said yesterday, 
<clears throat> the beautiful in the eye of the Lord is the death of one of his saints. And we cling so much to this world and worldly satisfaction and worldly happiness. And uh, we don't understand we've been birthed onto a battlefield. I'm going to get into some of that here, here today. And by the way, that battle is really, really amping up and really, really beginning to rage. And uh, some of you are seeing it. Some of you, a lot of you see it. Uh, you don't have to raise your hand. Be intact financially, huh? Be intact physically, your health being attacked. Being attacked emotionally, being attacked uh, in just a lot of different ways. And uh, it won't make sense to you unless you realize that it's a war. You're at war. You're, you're at war. And you are a soldier. You're a soldier in God's army, literally a soldier in God's army. We know that for those of you who served, that you take a, you pledge your life. You don't pledge your lives, your fortune, your sacred honor, but you do. But the founders did. They said, "Listen, we're going to, we're going." When they signed, when they signed the Declaration of Independence, it was a death warrant, friends. They knew it. They knew it. Today, if we were to sign a Declaration of Independence, would it be a death warrant? Is is there a point beyond which those of us who uh, claim to be followers of Christ, the, who love not our own lives, Bible says, who love not their own lives, even to the point of death, are, are we are we there? And are we willing? We know Christ gave his life for us. Are we willing, literally real willing to give our life for him? Well, it's, that's, a, that's some deep stuff I've been pondering over the, over the last couple of days because the truth of it is if the people, if, if those of you in this queue aren't willing to lay down your life, who's going to? Who's going to do that? Going to expect your mayor, sheriff? Is that what we expect? No, because we're the peculiar people, see. That's what Paul told us. We're peculiar. We're odd. We're the oddballs. But the good news is we're right. And we're going to be proven right. But the fact that we're proven right doesn't mean that the, the proof of our rightness is not going to be without a lot of personal sacrifice and personal loss. And I mean, I'm just trying to, I'm not doom or gloom because I think we're, we're winning. I'm going to get into some of that today. We're winning. But we have to have a plan and we're not real good at having a plan. So uh, as um as we take the communion today, as I turn it over to Joe, we take the communion today. Um, examine your own heart. It says to do that. Don't take a, don't take the bread and the wine. Um, what's it say? Un, uh, deservedly. It's not the right word. Unwor- unworthily. Thank unworthily. you. Unworthily. Unworthily. Don't take it unworthily. And uh, even as Joe's uh, taking us through this, just examine examine your own heart. Uh, go ahead, Joe. And I'm. I'm with you, dude. I, I sent something here. I have no idea what happened. It's crazy. Go ahead, Joe. Okay. Thank you, Coach. Um, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art, thou, thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do with these do these miracles that you doest except God be with him. Amen. Jesus answered him, uh, answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Can you please scroll down? Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? 
Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto, unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. It says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, Ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Can we, um, yeah, now have a short prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day that you have given us. And thank you, Lord, for being a God that loved us so much that he that loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that we who believe in him may not perish but have everlasting life and thank you for this fellowship here and thank you for all the blessings you've given us and the challenges that you've helped us through that make us stronger and please Peel away some of these layers and the, these onion skins we have separating us, our spirits, from yours, Lord. And today, peel away a couple more of these layers separating us. And let us examine ourselves. Please forgive us our sins and transgressions. And bless this bread and this drink representing your, your blood and body that was broken and, and that shed for us. And Lord, please help us through the challenges before us. Bring us through these. Remind us of the authority that you've given us and help us to sharpen our swords of the Spirit and take that authority every time we should. And give us Help us know when these times are. In Jesus' name, name we pray. Amen. 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 On the night, the same night <laughs> which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner, also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as oft as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much, Joe. Oh, you are all welcome. You guys have a great rest of the week and weekend. God bless you, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Amen. 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 I'm still I'm still dealing with the uh, <clears throat> still de dealing with the after effects of uh, pondering 
uh, the movie. I talked to a guy yesterday. It's got a radio program. Doesn't matter who it is. That's unimportant. <clears throat> good Christian man. <clears throat> really good Christian man. <clears throat> good audience. And he'd never heard of the movie. He had never heard of the Caviezel movie, Sound of Freedom. I'd never heard of it. <clears throat> I couldn't believe it. So I, I fed him with a bunch of stuff yesterday. And the Lord's got me today uh, focusing on on our, on our mindset, okay? The mindset. Because it's a battleground of the mind. Y'all understand that, right? So I told us to take captive every thought. I don't mean to be redundant, but again, as I tell you, repetition is the heart of teaching, okay? Say it over and over and over, and eventually somebody gets it. <clears throat> to take captive every thought. <clears throat> Excuse me. A little frog. And we also know that the Lord <clears throat> gave us a great commandment, the Great Commission. And we don't even know what the Great Commission was. We think the Great Commission is to go and get everybody saved. And uh, the Bible tells us, sorry, just the opposite. The Bible tells us that many are called, few are chosen. Broad is the way, narrow is the gate. Many come, few find it. This Christianity that we that we live and we endure, we want for the whole world. But the reality of God's word is that not, not everybody's going to find it. They're not all going to find it, friends. They're not all going to find it. And so while we're on the search for saving souls, and I'm for saving souls, first of all, no man can save a soul. Bible tells us that no one comes to the Father <clears throat> unless the Spirit draws him. No man. So the idea that you can go out and share the gospel of Jesus and people are going to get saved with your great preaching and all that kind of stuff, nah, none of that stuff, that's not true. It's not true. So uh, <clears throat> knowing that, um, let me, I say that, I don't mean to say, um, we ought to all learn not to do that. Because um just means that's a pause I'm thinking. So I'm going to, I'll try to stop doing that. Um, <clears throat> I was reminded today of, of our... Uh, I rebuilt three three football programs in my career. Heath High School was my first coaching job, first head coaching job. Then I went to London, Ohio. And then after they booted me out of London, then I went to Fairfield Christian Academy. I build I build teams. So that's what I do. Pretty good at it. And I can always uh, it was always this kind of the same scenario when I'd get a football team together in the first couple days of practice. Uh, most teams aren't very good because they've never been driven very hard. Or let me back up. They've never been given a vision to be driven hard. Never been given a vision to drive hard. Say, you want to get this? You want to? We read that yesterday, didn't we? All run, but not everybody wins. Run to win. We read that yesterday, didn't we? Well, a lot of guys play football, and they don't play football to win. They're on a losing football program. They've never been good, and they're just out there to have fun. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But to be good, and especially to be elite, you have to do things that you don't really want to do. Hard things. And I always had a mantra that I would say when the guys would be out there and we'd be running sprints and and, and uh, they would be bending over, feeling sorry for themselves. I'd always say, hey, dude, hey, nobody said it'd be easy. Who told you this was going to be easy? It's going to be easy. It's going to be hard. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. But Friday night, when you're standing across the line from some guy 
who's also working out somewhere right now. It's going to become a battle of the wills and a battle, battle of a guy who's most willing to lay it on the line. And on Friday night, I'm going to tell you this. You will never look at me and say, Coach, you should have worked this harder. It's my obligation to get you in condition to fight. Is that the vision of our churches? Or do our churches just pamper us? Just pamper us. Make it easy. Give, gimme, 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 gimme. Bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. When we're in a war, we're, we're, we got a commission. Go into all the world. Go into all. Jim Caviezel, that character in Jim Caviezel's movie, he went into all the world. That's why I, that's why I, can't, that's why I can't get by it. Because that is innately what I do. I go, go, go teach them to observe. Go teach them to win. And we're taught in today's modern American Christianity, we win in the end. Somebody say amen, so make sure my volume's working. Amen. 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 Yeah. Amen. And I'm, I make people nervous because I said, dude, I want to win now. <laughs> I want to win right now. And in the end. So we have to understand that where we are in, in this American culture society, the light of the, we are the light of the world. Now, Christianity is expanding a lot of different places all across the world. But we're the, huh, if America goes under. So we have to ask ourselves here this morning, do you believe America is going to go under? Is God going to permit the Luciferians to destroy this nation? And by the way, it's going to determine pretty much how you respond to everything. Oh, well, it won't matter. I can't do anything about that. Yeah, I can't do that. I, nothing I can do about that. No. Come quickly, Lord. We win in the end. We win in the end. I've read the book. I read the last chapter. We win. Oh. <laughs> so I, I, was, I was moved today by the Holy Spirit <clears throat> to go to Habakkuk. 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 I want you to know we've been here before, boys and girls. We've been here before. And those of you who are who join us regularly know that uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it, I, I rarely read entire I'm gonna read you two chapters today. I want you to see something. We've been here before. We've been here before. And I believe in my whole heart that what happens to America is dependent on what we do at this time in this place. What we do. Go throughout the battle. Go out, go throughout the Bible, and you're going to find that victory comes from the most, what's the word? Insignificant places. Always has. Always has. That a spark is lit here and it spreads. And a spark is lit here and it spreads. And a battle is won here. It's, remember me, I told you the story about Muhammad Ali and Joe Frazier? Madison Square Garden. Joe Frazier knocked Muhammad Ali down. You remember that? Knocked him down the 15th round, I think it was. Only to find out that Muhammad Ali's jaw was broken in the first round. But it took 14 more rounds before Joe Frazier knocked him down. See, we want 
instantaneous victory, instantaneous war, uh, reward, instantaneous gra- uh, gratification. And as I said, uh, nothing worth easy, nothing worth having ever comes easy. That's why we don't. That's why we don't esteem everything we have. I look across the, the what the Lord has given Michelle and I. I don't appreciate that. Now I look at some things some other people are walking through. My problems don't seem so big. But if you would, uh, if those of us who are on the front lines of this war understand that the Lord has called us into the, onto this battlefield, then we'll understand. The other team is supposed to hit you. The other guy's supposed to punch you. The other guy's supposed to try to wear you down. That's his job. And our job is to do what? Take captive every thought. Have nothing to do with the unfruitful works of darkness. Expose them. Right? So Habakkuk, I want you, I want you to know we've been here before. This is Habakkuk, and he's asking the Lord, what the heck's going on? I thought you, I thought you were the Lord. I thought you were the Lord. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry, and you are not going to hear me? Cry, even cry out unto thee of violence, and you're not going to save me? Why do you show my iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there there are that raise up strife and contention. So every time I stick my head out the door, I'm in a fight. Aren't you listening? Therefore, the law is slacked. <laughs> Judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked do whatever the heck they want to do. They circle us around. They encompass. Wrong judgments proceed. We ain't the first ones to be here, boys and girls. Behold you among the heathen and regard and wonder marvelously, for I will, will work a work in your days which you will not believe, though it be told to you. For lo, I raise up the Chaldeans, that bitter, nasty nation, which shall march through the breadth of the land to possess the dwelling places that's not theirs. We got Luciferians. We got God haters coming through and possessing and taking stuff that doesn't belong to them. Well, the, the cemeteries are lined with men who laid down their lives so that this nation might live. They're terrible and dreadful. Their judgment, their dignity shall proceed of themselves. Their horses are also swifter than leopards, and they're more fierce than the evening wolves. And they're horsemen. They got the best horsemen. They got the best horses. They got the best horsemen. They spread themselves and their horsemen shall come from far. So fast, it's like eagles are coming upon us. What's going on, Lord? They shall come all for violence. Their faces shall sup up as the east wind. And they shall gather the captivity as the sand. Uh, you guys looking around? What's going on around us? Uh, <clears throat> oh, and they're going to scoff at the kings. <laughs> and the princes shall be a scorn unto them. They shall deride every stronghold, for they shall heap dust and take it. Talking about the enemy. 
Then shall his mind change, and he shall pass over and offend, imputing that his power unto his God. Art thou not from everlasting, O Lord? What the heck, are, where are you? We shall not die, O Lord. Thou hast ordained from, from them for judgment. You've ordained them for judgment, Lord. And Almighty God, you have established them for correction. Why is this happening to us? You're of pure eyes. You can't even behold evil. You cannot look on sin. How can you look upon them that deal treacherously and hold your tongue, Lord, when the wicked devour the man that is more righteous than he? What the heck's going on, God? And maketh men as the fishes of the sea, as the creeping things, and have no ruler over them. They take up all of them with the angle. They catch them in their net. They lock them up in January 6th jails. They gather them in their drag queen story hours. They rejoice. They're glad and they're laughing at us. Therefore, they sacrifice under their net and they burn incense under their dragon, under their God, because by them they have a lot. Their portion is fat. All those people in Washington, D.C., the fake pastors, million-dollar pastors. So shall they, therefore, empty their net. I'm sorry. Shall they, therefore, empty their net and not spare continually to slay the nation? Back it says, hey, what, what the heck? What the heck? They're women. Next chapter. So I'm going to stand on poem, stand, remember, no, no chapter breaks. Because of all this mess that's going on, Lord, I'm going to stand upon my watch. And I'm going to go up with that tower and I'm going to call you out. Where are you, Lord? I'm going to say unto me what I shall answer when I'm reproved. And the Lord answered. He said, what? Write your game plan. Make it plain. So that whoever, so that whoever reads it can run with it. If you don't know where the goal line is, how do you know when you get there? And see, for most of us, the goal line is death and the rapture. And that, right? Right? Huh? For the vision is not yet, I'm sorry, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. He said, you guys are getting ahead of me. But at the end, it's going to speak, and it's not going to lie. And though it tarries, wait for it. Because it's coming. Oh, it ain't going to tarry forever. Folks, the judgment of the Lord's coming. We're going to win. Behold, behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And you also, because he transgresses by the wine, he's a proud man. Neither keep him at home, who enlarges his desire as hell and has a death and cannot be satisfied, but gathers unto him all nations and heapeth unto him all people. 
Shall not all these take up a parable against him and a taunting proverb against him, saying, Woe to him that increases that which is not his. How long? To him that laddeth himself with a thick clay. Shall they not rise up suddenly that shall bite thee and awaken that shall vex thee and shall not be booties unto them? Lord, because thou spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil thee because of men's blood for the violence of the land, the city, and all that dwell in them. Woe to him that coveteth an evil covetous to his house, that he may set his nest on high, that he may be delivered from the power of evil. Thou hast consulted shame to thy house by cutting off many people and hast sinned against thy soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall and the beam out of the timber shall answer. And woe to him that buildeth a town with blood and establish a city by sin. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity? For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. It shall be. And one to him that giveth his neighbor drink, that putteth the bottle to him, make him drunken also, that he may also look on his nakedness. Thou art filled with shame for glory. Drink thou also, and let thy foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto thee, and shameful spewing shall be on the glory. For the violence of Lebanon shall cover thee, and the spoil of the beasts who made thee afraid because of men's blood, for the violence of the land or of the city, and all that dwelleth therein. What profit the graven image that the maker thereof hath graven it? The molten image, and teachers of lies that the maker of his work trusteth therein to make dumb idols. Woe unto him that saith to the wood, Awake to the dumb stone, arise, and shall not teach. Behold, it is laid over with gold and silver, and there is no breath at all in the midst of them. But the Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silence before him. The wham is coming, boys and girls. It's coming. And so it becomes more and more imperative every day that we have some type of plan for what's going on because the enemy is on the warpath. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they are. Oh. The worm is turning. Can you pull that up, Spence? I'm going to read this, and then I'm going to... And then I'm going to open it up. Oh, I got so much to share with you. This is posted in News with You today and Coach Dave Live. To quote the crooner, Bob Dylan, the times, they are changing. The worm is turning. After 60 years of the cultural culture swinging left, the pendulum is beginning to swing back. That is what the worm is turning is all about. We live in dangerous times Desperate people do desperate things. Left is losing, they know it. Scroll down, Spencer. The long march through the institution. Remember, guys, you remember that? They called it the long march through the institutions. When the left, the communist left, when they invaded and they took a long, a long march, a long-term plan through the institution to capture all of those for the enemy. When that long march through the institutions beginning to end, and communism is the religion of the atheists. Government is their weapon, and they are running out of bullets. 
Donald Trump did more to damage their agenda than anyone could have possibly understood. That's why they hate him. All the government media complex hates him. He was the poison pill. Donald Trump is the anti-government vax. Whether he's re-elected or not doesn't matter because he created MAGA. Trump may fade away, but the awakening will not. Trump is a man. MAGA is a movement. Men are easy to stop. Revolutions are not. Can't you see it? Left's crime, bloody murder. Their power is ebbing. They know it. That is why they're dangerous. A cornered tiger is a dangerous animal. The left is cornered. The left seized the courts just after World War II. They knew that what they could not win through legislation, they'd accomplished through the courts. Slowly, the power shifted from power to the people through voting to the power of the minority through the courts. It took only 30 years, 30 years, in 30 years, the courts changed the direction of this once Christian nation. How'd they do it? In 1947, the courts ruled that there was a separation between the church and the state, ripping Christian morality out of the heart of the law. This opened the door to a cavalcade of anti-Christian laws. The left seized on the opportunity and used stare decisis, previously court, previously decided case, precedent. They used precedent to reshape the American culture. They did through the courts what they could never have done at the ballot box. The separation between morality and state, that's what separation church and state really what is. The separation between morality and state led to a domino effect striking at the heart of all that made America great. De Tocqueville said, if America ever ceases to be good, they will cease also to be great. The America that our courts have given us has destroyed this once great Christian nation. So the law of separation of church and state, bolstered by the lie of stare decisis, enabled the Luciferian-controlled courts to remake America in Satan's image. My body, my choice, is straight out of the mouth of Satan. What good is voting when the direction of the nation is controlled by five unelected terrorists in black robes? Five to four decisions. Five to four. Five to four. So the separation between the church and state, the lie of the separation between church and state, led to a trail of tears. Ingle versus Vitale, 1962, criminalized school prayer. Abington versus Shimp, 1963, criminalized Bible reading in school. 1973, Roe versus Wade, legalized baby murder. 1980, Stone versus Graham criminalized the posting of the Ten Commandments. All those decisions, 18 years, overturned the Christian history of America. You can say amen. There it is. There it is. Amen. Amen. They did it through the courts and not through the will of we the people. But the worm's turning. And the left is epileptic. I can't even say it. Epileptic. They have lost the courts, friends. Donald J. Trump appointed three judges to SCOTUS who in the last year have determined there's no constitutional right to kill a baby. No one can be forced to bake a cake that violates his conscience. There's no race-based quotas anymore. It's affirmative action is illegal and discriminatory. College loans do not have to be paid by those who did not take them out. 
and the restoration of a religious life rights for Christian workers. Boom, one, two, three, four, five in the last two months. Oh, how the worm is turning. Where would America be today if Hillary Clinton had been elected and given the job of appointing more Luciferian judges? God is merciful, folks. God is merciful. He sent us a bouncer to bar Donald Trump. Because the church didn't want anything to do with it. But that's why things are getting so dangerous. The left has lost control of the weapon that they've used to overthrow Christianity in America. SCOTUS, thanks to Donald Trump, is now wielding that hammer. The impact of his presidency will be felt for generations to come. The left is capable of doing anything to to destroy this nation. They would rather destroy it than put America back into the hands of God's people. Somebody give me a thumbs up. They would rather destroy America than see Christians in control of America. Amen. I'm telling you, friends. So what are they going to do? Nukes? Assassinations? Ballot stuffing? Nothing is below these people. So permit me, if you will, to speak to the Christians reading this commentary. The ball's in our court. The battle has moved once again to the legislatures especially in the independent states. Having lost their primary weapon, the courts, the God-hating left is now returning to the ballot box where they will try to force a Luciferian agenda by the vote of the people. Are you noticing, folks, all of a sudden, all this legislation, all these things that we're going to vote on, why? They've lost the courts. they got to get a hold of the legislature. they got to get a hold of the legislature. Those courts, it's a generational switch in the courts. Generational. Unless they come in and kill Clarence Thomas and poison. Unless they do that. They know it. They know it. No vote of the people can ever make legal what God has said is unlawful. Just this week, did you see this? Justice Clarence Thomas raised an issue as to whether or not marriage decisions should be revisited. In the legalization of sodomy. <laughs> yeah, Clarence Thomas did. To borrow from the movie Deliverance, that's making the left squeal like pigs. See, they want them in the courts, and they get pissed off that we win them back in the courts. Too. But here's where the rubber meets the road. Will the American church rise to the occasion? Will Christians see the opportunity to restore righteousness like we just read about in Habakkuk? Will Christians see the opportunity to restore righteousness as an expected standard in our nation? This could be the American church's finest hour. But the church is going to have to make a tough choice. The church is going to have to make a tough choice. Does God expect us to occupy till he comes? Or cower in the corner and wait for the rapture. The ball has been served squarely into our court. The worm's turning. What if the future of America laid in the hands of his people? It's time for the church to fish or cut bait. My grandkids are counting on me. Amen. Amen. So that's where we are. 
There is where we are. So do you guys remember, was it just me? We heard and heard and heard, oh my goodness, uh, abortion is so bad, but the courts have ruled and the church says we just can't do anything. It's the law. Do you remember, guys? you remember that, right? And then the courts overturn Roe versus Wade and the church goes silent. Churches still aren't doing anything. Now look, God's merciful, but he's going to say, dude, I gave you a freaking hammer. I gave you a hammer. Come on, where are you? Where are you? And so at some point, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 10 years from now, whatever, when we don't fail to follow, when we allow the left now to come back in and steal the ballot box, we're not going to be able to say, well, the courts have ruled. Because we really don't care. We need to pray that Jim Caviezel's movie will light a heart. Light a fire in the heart of Christians everywhere. That out of that will come a movement. If we cannot, if we cannot stand up for children, if I'm, well, they don't stand up for them in the womb. If we can't stand up for them outside the womb, then we deserve the wrath of God. But I think this is going to be our finest hour. Dale, come on in. Well, brother, with an encouragement of testimony, brother, I received a text message yesterday and it said this. We are working on a meeting with the city council now to remove kitty porn books. This is just the beginning of this from the library. Uh, this is called the Jefferson Assembly to mobilize people to stop this. Would you like to join? Well, <laughs> wait, it gets great. Absolutely. Guess, guess what? I and Bill Shanks were in this meeting. We all... We, and brother, some of the people talking about Kingsley in the group, right? You remember the, the professor, the brother, it got really good. And so guess what? They decided that next week we're going to go to the city council meeting and to confront our city council of Jefferson Parish. There's over 600,000 people in the parish, right? It's a Gideon moment. And they looked and they said, "We pointed at me, coach. We would like you to speak first. <laughs> Brother, really? me, so this is hope, brother. Let me tell you what. The, and it wasn't just church people in this group, but it was two pastors and several, probably 15 other people, right? Of people said, we're fed up with this. Let's go. Guess what? This will be that first meeting of this new group going to the city council. I was just going to see what was going on, who's in charge and what are they doing? And the next thing I know, I'm going to be the first up speaker. <laughs> You the man, Dale. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hey, Spencer, pull up and get ready for me. Jeff, come on in. Spencer, get ready for me. Uh, it says whited governments on the warpath. Come on in, Jeff. Coach, you wonder how many Christians know that the, the left just got 700,000 signatures here in Ohio. They don't understand August and November. They ain't going to have a clue unless somebody wakes them up. See, just, they lost in the courts, and so now they've gone to the legislature. See? You see how the game's played, folks? They never quit. They never quit. And so they're going to put, well, that's why we've got to wake. I'm, we're talking about a lot of stuff here this morning. A lot of stuff. Joe, go ahead. Joe Carrico, your hand up. Go ahead. Um, yeah, I did have my hand up. One of the churches I attend a couple weeks ago, the, the head pastor had, who's extremely well involved, uh, deeply involved uh, in uh, the movement to retake our country. 
he had a breakfast with a very high-ranking general or admiral in special forces. And at that breakfast, the Holy Spirit hit him, and he, and he recalled a somebody in this church a couple some time back who had ex- extremely big challenges because he had been uh, trafficked as a kid. And he knew about barges in the Bay Area where this was happening. And so Pastor told the man he's having breakfast, breakfast with, of course, you know about these barges in the Bay. He said, what do you mean barges in the Bay? And he told him the story, what happened, this man's testimony. He said, is this true? He said, we said, uh, and the pastor said, people don't make up stuff like this. This is not something you make up. This happened to this man. So the next, very next day, pastor gets a call and said, thank you for the tip. So, well, what do you mean? Well, we rescued 807 children. Mm. And then um, alternative media, some sources picked up, and you're never going to see it on the main media. But I think there were nine um, uh, bad guys that were eliminated because they have orders to uh, not let anybody escape from those barges. Um, and um, uh, it, now we're looking for facilities to help these kids be treated so they can have a life again because it's one thing to save them but if you've been out if you've been in that kind of a situation how are you going to have a normal life amen 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 that's why i said we don't even love our kids we don't love our neighbor's kids (laughs) i can promise you that we don't i want to scroll i want to scroll this real quickly for you this is from john white at the rutherford institution and i'm not going to read the whole thing but there's some really good stuff here okay Look what Harry Truman said. Right to stop right there. Once a government is committed to the principle of silencing the voice of the opposition, it has only one way to go, and that is to that is down the path of increasingly repressive measures until it becomes a source of terror to all its citizens and creates a country where everyone lives in fear. Then he say boom. Somebody say boom for me. Boom. Boom. So scroll on down because I want, just I'll tell you when, uh, right there. Start. Yes, it was not always this way. It used to be we the people giving the orders, telling the government what it could do and could not do. Indeed, the three words used most frequently throughout the Bill of Rights in regards to the governments are no, not, and nor. <laughs> so compare the following list of don'ts that the government is prohibited from doing. For instance, the government is not allowed to restrict free speech, press, assembly, or the citizens' ability to protest and correct government wrongdoing. Nevertheless, the government continues to prosecute whistleblowers. Go on down, go on down. Go, on, go through them quick. Next one. The government may not infringe on the citizens' right to defend themselves. The government may not carry out unreasonable searches and seizures on the citizenry, including income tax records, I might add. Go on down. The government is not 
to deprive anyone of life, liberty, or property without due process of law. Nevertheless, the government continues to incarcerate tens of thousands of Americans. Government's not to take private property for public use without just compensation. Nevertheless, under the guise of the great public interest, the government often hides behind imminent domain laws. Government agents may not force the citizens to testify against themselves. That's what you do, by the way, when you file a tax return. Yeah, what is the government's extensive surveillance network? Look at it. Government's not permitted to claim any powers that are not expressly granted to them by the Constitution. But they do anyway. Despite what some special interest groups have suggested the contrary, the problem we're experiencing today did not arise because the Constitution has outlived its usefulness or become irrelevant, nor will they be solved by a convention of states or ratification of the Constitution. No, the problem's deeper. It can be traced back to the point at which we, the people, were overthrown as the center of government. And as a result, our supremacy has been undone, our authority undermined, and our experiment in democratic self-government lies in ruins. We're no longer the rulers of this land. Hmm? Okay, that's enough of that. You get it, right? You get it. So local control, local government, local pastors, local citizens standing up and saying not only no, hell no! That's what it's going to take. And it brings us back to Habakkuk. Write the vision and make it plain. You want the Lord to do something? Well, mark out your territory and make it plain. And we haven't done a very good job of that. Myra, come on in. Oh, yes, Coach. Thank you. Um, Today is a double seven. So blessings to all of us. And thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth. Um, Spencer, I will be reading Psalm 10, 14 through 16. Psalm 10, 14 through 16. Thou hast seen it, for thou beholdest mischief and spite. To requite it with thy hand, the poor committeth himself unto thee, thou art the helper of the fireless. Break thou the arm of the wicked and the evil man, seek out his wickedness till thou find none. The Lord is king forever and ever. The hidden are perished out of his land. Hallelujah. God's winning. God, God listen, I'm going to tell you this. There may be a rapture, but there isn't going to be a rapture till the whole world knows God won. They're all going to know he won. Then maybe there'll be a rapture. But if you think he's going to take you out of here because you sat around on your butt and didn't do anything, you didn't glorify him, you didn't honor him, you didn't spread, you you think he's going to reward such laziness? Dude, you've been drinking too much wine. Been drinking too much wine. Pull something up for me. I sent sent you a second set of, uh, of emails, Spencer. And the one of them says, Ike, David Ike. I saw this yesterday. And I couldn't, I played it about 10 times. Now, to take it, take it. Hey, I don't think David Ike's a Christian. Okay, relax. Now, this is incredible. Put it, start it to one minute mark. That's good. And put it to 1.5 speed because it's, it's 12 minutes, which you're probably not going to watch all of it. But this, this was a boom, Vinny. Go ahead. Is hypnotized. And what we call hypnotized is unconscious. We have been systematically put into a state of unconsciousness so that we cannot see what we are part of. And what we are experiencing, though, that is changing and changing fast. 
Until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. All the time, the subconscious, which we're not aware of, is dictating the behavior and responses of the conscious. And if we don't understand the unconscious, then the conscious will just be a pawn in a game. It doesn't understand. Go to work, get married, have children, act normal, walk on the pavement, watch TV, obey the law, save your old age, then repeat after me, I am free. And we keep having to say we're free, and in America they keep having to tell the people they're free every five minutes, because they might otherwise suss that they're not. Slavery was never abolished, it was only extended to include everyone, and yet people go so out of their way to convince themselves they're not in a state of slavery. First stage of disconnecting from slavery, realize you're in a state of slavery, then you know what to disconnect from. Leonardo da Vinci, there are three classes of people, those who see, those who see when they are shown, those who do not see. And this system we call life is designed, again from cradle to grave, to make sure as many people do not see. And that's what I call the perception deception. These are three major CIA people. William Casey, CIA director, will know when our disinformation program is complete, when everything the American public believes is false. The CIA owns everyone of any significance in the major media. William Coley, Coley CIA director. Deception is a state of mind and the mind of the state. James Angleton, infamous CIA operative. It's all a mind game. They don't call it television programming for nothing. It tells you what to wear, what to eat, what to think, what to love, what to fear, who to ridicule, who to condemn. One of the saddest lessons of history is this. If we've been bamboozled long enough, we tend to reject any evidence of the bamboozle. We're no longer interested in finding out the truth. It's simply too painful to acknowledge, even to ourselves, that we've been taken. Once you give a charlatan power over you, you almost never get it back. Almost never. But we're freaking going to. But that's what it is. It's a bamboozle. It's a mind program. This is a cognitive dissonance. This is a... Uh, a definition of it. Sometimes people hold a core belief that is very strong. When they're presented with evidence that works against that belief, the new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect the core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit in with the core belief. Mark Twain, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they have been fooled. Why? Because they don't understandably want to realize they've been fooled. But it's a wonderful thing to realize you've been fooled. It's a great gift, because from that point, you will not be fooled any longer. It's a wonderful gift. This is another fundamental aspect of the bamboozle. It's called Stockholm Syndrome, a psychological phenomenon in which hostages express empathy and have positive feelings towards their captors, sometimes to the point of defending them. And this scene from the first Matrix movie captured the Stockholm Syndrome so perfectly. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged, and many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system, that they will fight to protect it. And uh, this great man, Giordano Bruno, it is proof of a base and low mind for one to wish to think with the masses or the majority, merely because the majority is the majority. Truth does not change because it is or is not believed by a majority of the people. When you find yourself on the side of the majority, it's time to pause and reflect. Why? Because history shows us that invariably the majority are always following a cul-de-sac or a dead end. Mahatma Gandhi, many people, especially ignorant people, want to punish you for speaking the truth, for being correct, for being you. Never apologize for being correct or being years ahead of your time. If you're right and you know it, speak your mind, speak your mind. Even if you are in a minority of one, the truth is still the truth. Boom! I think flying is an illness. What you've been brought up with is your normal, however bloody mad it may be. What we're looking at is what I call bubble people. Bubble people. They live in a bubble of perception and reject anything outside of that perception. Thus, they stay in the bubble. And so all these institutions are programming beliefs and perceptions in the bubble. And unless you break out of it, they're the only perceptions you ever come across. And they, that's what they say to you. Look, mate, I live in the real world, me. All right, I've got that real world. Go to work, get married, have children, get normal, I am free. That's the real world they're talking about. The real world of human slavery masquerading as freedom. You can ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of ignoring reality. Can you remember who you were before the world told you what you should be? Can any of us remember that? 
We were born into a world and from day one we're told who we are, what we should do, what reality is, what we should aspire to, what we should oppose, all of it. Just a program. If you, if you sense more, there is more. Yes. These people get stuck in, the, in the, 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 the mode of thinking. And when we feel something, why does it feel? You can say, it feels right. It shouldn't, but it does. This is the true self. This is the program self. We have the power to change anything. We have got into this situation by realizing or not realizing the power we have, by not realizing the true nature of who we are. Now imagine you know all this in great detail. What power that gives you. Form is information. Change the information, you change the form if you can get the original form to decode that information. In other words, you transmit it on the right frequency. So what we're doing is decoding information into this reality. Reality is a shared reality, but it's a decoded reality. And it's operating in our heads, decoding information. And how we decode it depends upon our perceptions of reality. So this uh, matrix scene is absolutely spot on. This isn't real. What is real? How do you define real? If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, taste, and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. Now, this is a, an example of how information is carried by everything and how we impact upon information as we interact with this virtual reality universe. Dr. Emoto, the great man from Japan, who I, um, I co-wrote a book with in Japanese you know, some years ago, because what he did was he took water, put it into little containers, and he would apply to that water sounds or words, and then he would freeze it very quickly. I've been to his, uh, his place in, um, in Tokyo where he did it, and then he would photograph the water crystals in that water. And the difference in the crystals corresponding with what the water came into contact with is absolutely fantastic. This water had love and thanks written on the side of it. Beautiful, geometrically beautiful, harmony, natural order. This had hate, I want to kill you, on it. Look at it. And people say, well, how, how does that work when you put words on water and that happens? Simple. The words written are merely the holographic expression of waveform information. So those words are vibrating to a certain frequency. We see them holographically, but they're vibrating to a certain frequency. And that frequency impacts itself upon the water, and when you freeze it and photograph it, you see the impact. I'm speaking now. People think I'm speaking words. I'm not really speaking words. I am creating information fields with my vocal cords, and between me and you, there is no uh, words. The words only come when you decode the information field that I'm sending out and vice versa when you speak to me, when anyone speaks to anybody. It's all frequency. And so, love and appreciation. You make me sick, I want to kill you. Heavy metal music. This is why this can have a massively detrimental impact on people because we are energy fields. So look at the auric field, it's photographable. This is polluted river water. Look at it. Because water in its base form is an information, waveform information field, like everything else. This is the impact that we're having on reality all the time while we think we are powerless. Pollution at its base waveform is just a distorted energetic information field which distorts that which it comes into contact with which manifests in the hologram as toxic water and toxic waste. Same with the stuff in, in, in sweets and really soda things that children eat on a massive scale. Of course it's going to destabilize them mentally and emotionally because it's distorted information which distorts the workings of the brain. Who creates the universe that we, uh, that we see? We do. And thus if we change our perceptions we can change what we decode into a reality and we can change society. We're not going to do it by stockpiling weapons. We're not even going to do it by mass protests. We're going to be doing it by creating a different reality, by coming from a different perception of what reality is. Mm. Boom. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Put it in the chat, because why? Friends, with God, all things are possible. That's engaging. Amen. Let's engage God. Have a great weekend. We'll see you on Monday.